So these are personal encounters with God where he speaks and reveals himself plainly to our minds. And once we start obeying that, all right, then we begin to see powerful things happen in our lives. So the Holy Spirit was given to us so we could have these types of personal encounters. That's what Jesus was saying in John 14. If you look at it, he says, I'm going to send them so you. You will now start having these encounters where God becomes plain to your mind. All right? With Jesus. And then as we obey those things, we now become channels of his glory where his glory is expressed. Uh, the reason why Christianity now becomes boring. All right? Why Christianity becomes boring. And, 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 and let me tell you this, you can't walk with God if you are a creature of routine. Now, when I mean routine, I'm not saying that you, you don't have a routine of pray. I'm saying that you are not creature of routine, but creature of control. In other words, you must be in control of your environment. In other words, you know, there should be no destabilization. You know, I have it all planned for the next 10 years. And, and the waters must never be stared. If you want to walk with God, you have to be open. All right? In other words, Jesus said, birds have nests, foxes have holes. But let me tell you this, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. I am here today. Once the glory moves, I go with the glory. There is no permanent, all right? That's why, that's why you can, and that's what weakens uh, a church when it becomes traditional. When, uh, for example, just for example now, uh, for example, we change the confession next Sunday. As I says, listen, why do you change the confession? I prefer the last confession to this one confession. I mean, you, you, you remember people start saying things like, you fleshly stuff. Now, that confession might have been changed because of a manifest, manifestation of God's glory where he wants somebody in the congregation to say something to save that person's life. Now, somebody says, well, the way I feel about it, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Which is why, say what you want to say. We are opening 20 centers this year because nobody will be comfortable here again. This one we are sitting at. This is my seat. This is where I sit, you know, Gomu. When I come, it's heavy over. <laughs> so sit like that. You have to shake the waters. Because once people have seats where they are sitting, yeah, that's, that's, uh, eh? my seat is missing. They, you can't even, you can't even worship God properly again. Well, I don't like this area where I am. I don't, I don't like this area. How can I be in this area? Uh -uh, very close to the door, everything, you know. I, usually, I'm in the middle where, you know, I just, I, you know, you can become that. <laughs> so the reason Christianity gets boring and becomes a routine or just a social thing is the lack of those personal encounters where instructions are received Directly from God. In other words, God manifests himself to you and gives you an instruction. All right? And implementing that instruction now leads to massive breakthroughs in your life. Bored Christians, once Christians starts becoming boring, someone said, are usually, all right, people that are stubborn and willing, those who are, you know, set in your ways where, where you know, it now becomes a routine. 
Uh, this is the way we do it. This is how we do it. This is what we do. All right? And, and it becomes that way to people. So let me just, let me give an example here. Let me give an example. So, so you understand what we're saying. If God manifests himself to me and makes it obvious to me that I should invite somebody to speak, let's say at Wafek, and this is a new face, nobody knows the person or it's not common, and, and, and God manifests himself to me to drop somebody to put that other person there. Now, and if God, if God actually said it, if, if God showed me, it's because that person has words to speak that will transform many lives in that place. Without which, those people will not be able to enter into what God has planned. Now, can you now imagine me now not responding to that decision that will save lives and transform lives, cause people's businesses, start businesses that might last for the next 60 years, that behind that instruction is people having an inheritance that they give to their children and children's children because of a feeling that I have of attachment to somebody or because I cannot stand boldly and courageously to say that this is the direction in which we are going as a leader. That's why they looked and said, the cardboard, the glory has departed. In other words, you have betrayed a manifest presence of the glory of God to do something because of your attachment. And what they were telling Eli was that you have, that's what God's problem, you have sacrificed the progress of the nation of Israel because of your attachment to your sons. In other words, he manifests himself to you and you say that, well, you know, this is going to destabilize, all right, this, and you cannot do it. The Bible says of Jesus, because he was obedient unto death, the death of the cross, God has done what? Highly exalted him. For Job, when the manifest glory came to Job and said, go and pray for your friends, and he obeyed, everything turned around. I'm saying that what turns around business might be obedience to friends in doing something. So when God manifests himself, I mean, I mean, that's what happened to David. I mean, David, I mean, I mean, who gave David the audacity? I mean, Moses went up to the mountain, was there for 40 days, he was fasting, and all of that, he came back, the glory of God was shining, he said, I built according to the pattern that was showed me on the mount, and all of that, and he said, this is what God said, and then you come. And you, what gave him the audacity to say? God has opened my ears. You see what Moses said? It's not what God desires. You are saying that. Where did you get the audacity? It's because God made himself plain to the mind of David and said, change the tabernacle. He made, this is not guesswork. He will make himself plain to your mind and show you, this is what I want you to do. All right? Same kind of story we had with Bishop Keith Butler when he talked about helping his, uh, the assistant pastor that left, responding correctly. All right? So God comes and reveals himself to you in a very specific way. This is how all patriarchs, all right, had their distinction. God showed up to Abraham and said, get out of your father's house. 
God showed up to Abraham and said, get out of your father's house. He says, to the land that I will show you. God came to Isaac and said, you stay here where your father was in the time of famine. He manifested himself. He came to Noah and said, you're going to build an ark. None of these instructions are transferable. So God manifested himself to them and they responded and then the glory now becomes visible unto others. So in closing here, and let the foundation of teach, one major way in which we experience the manifest presence of God in your life. And if you forget anything, don't ever forget this. The manifest presence of God in your life where the Shekinah glory comes. As a born-again Christian, I can put anything on this. When you experience a temporal setback and disappointment in anything, God has shown up in your life. God has entered the waters of your life. The issue is whether or not you respond correctly to it. God comes across, you put up everything together, you know, you do all of that, and, and, and something happens. I say, well, you know, I'm traveling, I'm, I'm going to, to Texas, you know, and then you apply for the visa, you've prayed, you, you saw yourself, you know, in, in a Dallas steak house, eating T-bone steak, and, you know, you, you, you saw yourself, and, you know, you said pepperon sauce, you, you know, you, you are eating, and, and you go to the front of visa officer, and the visa officer technically said, return to Yaba. <laughs> And you walk out of that place, your heart has sunk and said, where is God? I prayed, I fasted, where is God? Listen, you are about to get the manifested, you are about to encounter the Shekinah glory if you operate correctly. Because, all right, the setback there is simply God coming into the waters to steer it up. Right? Because he wants to manifest your inheritance there to you. And probably you are heading in a direction, you are doing something that is not in perfect alignment with his own purpose, right, for you as a person. So where does this happen? We go to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. Oh, yeah, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. And, and, and you have this. It says, wherefore, or let's start from verse 6. Okay? So, but Christ has a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and rejoicing of hope, firm unto the end. Wherefore the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, he's talking about the manifestation of the Shekinah glory. Today, if you are going to have that kind of encounter with him, it says this, verse 8, harden not your heart. In other words, don't harden your heart because of the provocation, because of, of, you know, they came out of Egypt and they thought they were going to the promised land. This is God's promise for us. And they found themselves in the wilderness and everything scattered and all that. He says, don't harden your heart to me. Don't go into passive rebellion. Don't, and, and this is where, and, and that's what's causing so much that's coming out of Christians 
all right, in, on social media, people that were strong Christians. You know what's happening? They got disappointed at something. Maybe they prayed about something, something and then, or they were in the church, and, you know, they, they said they weren't treated right inside the church, uh, or they didn't get. And of course, people don't really say, don't, people are not truthful because people are too ashamed of, to, of, the, of the real feel, of the, of the real thing that might be causing anger and resentment in them. So they can just have been a promotion exercise in the church. They didn't call them. They, they're angry. But, but of course, they won't say that. So it comes out differently. But, but you know, this, it says, harden not your heart. When things go wrong, God says, if you want to see this manifestation of the Shekinah glory, harden not your heart. The heart has to remain softer. But it says, harden not your heart. Now look at what it says here. It says, harden not your heart. All right? As in the day of provocation. In the day of temptation in the wilderness. Verse 9. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation. And said they do always err. Which means we got to the point where we wanted to take them over the line into their inheritance. It starts out by something seemingly going wrong. It says, we want to cross. And I took them by the hand. But the minute that happened, they had in their heart and got angry. All right? I carried their, their heart and got angry. I mean, how can this happen? How, how can that happen to me? How can this happen to me? How can that happen? I mean, look, my friend, what are you talking about? I mean, what do you say? All right? So the person gets angry there. And, 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 and then it says this here. Look, look at what happened next. It says they do always err, which means they go astray. They leave the intended path. And they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. You know, when you enter into God's rest, it means God becomes the aggressor in your life. In other words, when you enter his rest, like we said, Abraham entered the rest of God. When he says, for this thing you have done in blessing, shall I bless thee and multiply. Which means that even Abraham, when you are not around, that thing will still be working. I'll be multiplying you, I'll be blessing you. David, you are no longer around. You have entered the rest of God. So what God wants to do is to make us, you know, you know, I can't remember what it was, but Jonathan Edwards, the, the preacher, revivalist, his maybe great-grandchild was, was doing triple jump for England, I think. Very, of course, he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't, I, I, to the best of my knowledge. But somebody was saying something. At that same time in England, there was a criminal during Jonathan Edwards' time. Now, when they looked at the family of the criminal there, everything was in disarray. Even though Jonathan Edwards, his own family, they were not going to church or anything, but still that culture of Christianity was there. That stability of a good home, that treating, which it was almost like the grace on that man's life was still evident in his descendants, even though they were not committed to Jesus like him. So God is still honoring the covenant. And he says, where does that moment come? He says, when something happens. He says, don't harden your heart. Now, what are you supposed to do? Psalm 95, verse 1. What are you supposed to do? It says, where did, all right, the writer of Hebrews get it from? This is where he got it from. He said, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let's make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. 
It says, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth that you don't know anything about. The strength of the hills are his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, if you will get that manifestation of that glory, harden not your heart. As in the day of provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. It says, when your fathers tempted and provoked me and saw my work, that's where he got it from. Forty years, I was grieved and said, this evil do end their heart and have not known my ways. He went on and said, and then, unto whom I swear they shall not enter into my rest there. So God told, why? Because they didn't do what he wanted them to do. To come before him. And, and, and to kneel before the maker there and to, and to worship him there. So how is a person going to get manifestation of that glory? I will talk about this. Let's say somebody starts a church and is pastor in a church. I know how God does it. When it's time and God wants to, you to hear his voice, what happens to you? The service happens. You have the largest turnout. 70 people come for the service. Ah, I know God's more. And when 70 people come, you start calling people. 70 people came. 70 people came. Man, things are happening. I know God is about to shock you. Then you call a meeting of the, of the workers immediately after the 70 people come and you tell them the strategy we did here was this, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. So this week also going out, do this, do this, do this. Because that strategy that brought 70 people. Ah, they do it. The next Sunday. Now, after the 70 people came, you entered your office. God of miracles, now my papa, oh, God of me. God is okay. The next Sunday after you do your strategy, 15 people come. In fact, the worship leader is walking in 10 minutes late. That's God wants to manifest his glory to you. Your heart sinks. God starts saying, be encouraged. The message you preach is almost disappears. You are looking at the staff. You told that I found the keys. You walk us. I found the keys. Where is the key, oh God? They are, they, as you are preaching, they are looking back. You know how people can be. They, they turn back to check whether ah, this place is empty today. You want to have manifestation of God's glory? After you finish that sermon, enter your office, lock it, lie down before your maker, and start worshiping him, praising him, thanking him that 15 people came from 70. That deep, God wants to show you something permanent for life. But if you are angry and you had in your heart, you now leave after, enter your car, and you, you go and eat all this fasting. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And you are, you are, you're hiding your heart. You have missed out on an opportunity. So you have strategized, you have done this, have put the keys, you are testifying a little bit beforehand about how the contract has come to you. You are at the last minute. They tell you, we like you, we love you, the boss likes you, the board loves you, your work is excellent, you know what's coming next, but <laughs> won't be able to give you this. Please don't contact us again. Just know that there is something God has prepared. But the people that enter into it is not because, get what I'm saying, the God loves them. It's because they have demonstrated their love for God. So what God is testing now is your love for him. Demonstrate that. Put up 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 
verse 8, or verse, seven, verse 7, quickly. My time is up. It says, which, okay, verse 7. It says, we speak wisdom, all right, in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world to agree, which none of the prince of this world known, I didn't know it, they would not have crucified, Lord of glory. Well, look at what it says. Now, look at who gets it. But it, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has he entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that he loves, that's not what he says, for them that do what? Love him. So it's a test of your love for God. Is it the 70 people you love or God? Is it the promotion you love or God? This is the message that is lost from the church. People are no longer carrying cross. Is it the promotion you love more than God? Is it the visa or God? God that said, I created the nations of the earth. There are a drop of water in my palms. He is saying, listen, those nations you are talking about are in my hands. If I open them to you, it won't even be visa you are looking for. And he says, I prepare things, but you get to that point and you get angry. You say, what's going on here? And I'll never forget a story by Dr. Dollar. One of those powerful stories I've had a breakthrough in ministry. He said, I decided a ministry, said this is where the breakthrough came. He was talking about the principle of time. I've told you, you can do all these things, but it is these decisions you make when God shows himself to you. That's the secret. He said they put out posters, printed flyers, everything. They were going to start Bible study Sunday, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. And you know how it will happen? You will call this person, so we are starting Monday. You say, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Pastor, I'll be there. You call this person, I'll be there. I'll be there. We were even thinking of bringing sandwiches up there. I said, no, it's not necessary. All right, no, but we're going to be there. We love the fellowship. I'll be there. I'll be there. 8.30, nobody. 9 a.m., nobody. Now, you have a choice to start remembering, I'll be there. I'll be there. All the people that say, I'll be there. I'll be there. They are not there. And start getting angry at the people. He said, the Holy Ghost says, start preaching. Empty chairs. Start your message as though it was full. He said, he opened his Bible. Now, folks, this morning, what we want to share on, he said he was crying inside his heart, obeying that instruction. He was crying inside. He said, what is this? You want to ask yourself questions. Am I called? Did God tell me? Did God tell me? He said, he started sharing. The word of God says this, so this, so this word. He said he was sharing. He was sharing. He said his secretary was about 10 minutes late. When she heard him share with microphone everything, she thought that the place was full. So he saw her hastening her step. Come, 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 come to open the door. She opened the door and was like, well, he, he said he just kept sharing. So in Matthew chapter 15, and he finished his notes. He said once he finished, he heard the voice of God that you preached to empty seats and finished everything I said you should teach them. You will never lack members for the rest of your life. That was breakthrough. If when you saw the empty seats, the glory of God came to you and said, preach that message, and you turned around in anger, I'm not preaching anything, please. What's going on? And you, and you just carried yourself and you went down. Oh boy, you may be there for five years. You may be there for five years. Mike Modok once said, This is manifest glory. God showed him something. He said, Go and give that person $10,000. He said, It was the biggest thing I'd ever done in his life. He said, It was about to back out. God said, If you don't obey this instruction, it will take me 10 years to make it easy for you to give $10,000. You do it now, and this will be a fraction of what you are doing. You see, it's obedience. You can have all the Greek and Hebrew, 
when the glory manifests, if you turn back from the glory, then you leave yourself uncovered. If God tells you, forgive that person, if that act of forgiveness is what will change what's going on in your business. Are you following what I'm saying? If it tells you, praise me now, go on your knees and praise me and worship me, then it will open up. So anytime some, that's why Jesus said, blessed are those that mourn, blessed are those. He said, anytime there's a temporal setback, just lie down before God. Thank you for this privilege of being able to show that I love you. I'm going to show this. And that's where the inheritance springs. I'll show you in scripture. That is where the mysterious things begin to happen. That's what Paul was saying when he said, now I understand God's grace. He said, in your weakness, my weakness shall your strength be made perfect. I now take pleasure in these things. But if I the Lord said you go and lie down before God and worship him. It doesn't mean the whole of Christianity has scattered. What happened to God? You know, you want to scatter the whole Christianity because you didn't, the guy walked away from your life. Is he the only person? If, if he didn't see you, you won't see, if you didn't see the person, you won't be in love. Now, what is it? Listen to me. If you didn't see the person, you won't be in love. Okay, what if the person, what if the person didn't pass exam in school and became a drunkard and a drug addict? Will you follow the person? Are you following me? Some, somebody came to meet me back there in church. Well, you know, I have this queer way of answering people. Uh, I said, uh, this person is leading me on. It's leading me on. It's, I said, the guy is not leading you on. He says, leading me on. And the way he was one look at, I said, okay, if somebody who is deranged is looking at you that way, will you say the person is leading you on? It's because you want the person. You two are saying they are leading you now. If a deranged man is looking at you and follow you, won't you run to where you are going? You two want him now. I said, this pastor, your, your own counsel is different. I beg you are going. Say they can only lead you when you two want to be led. If you don't like the person, when he's even talking, please, will you stop? Please, please. I, I will block your number now. That you are picking the call shows you are interested too. So don't come and let's settle this matter by saying you like him, he like you, didn't work. Don't say he was leading me on. Christian brother, leading me on. How can they lead you when you are not want to be led? <laughs> You'll have warned him long time ago. Please, 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 please. What's that in crayfish? Something, no? What's that? Okay, crayfish, bent. No, no. What's that? You don't know it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. By the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth, expand it within our consciousness in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for watching today's program. To listen to the full message or any other messages, please visit www.elibrary.insightsforliving.org And to find out more about the Covenant Nation, visit www.insightsforliving.org or download the C3 Live app on Android or iOS. God bless you.